is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen here with you. Well, you know, the prevalence of type both type 1 and type 2 diabetes have increased in children over the past two decades, and childhood obesity is likewise on the rise. Some have looked to the more sedentary lifestyle of our children as a possible cause for these findings. Here with more on all of this is Dr. Travis Hobart. He's Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and of Public Health and Preventive Medicine at Upstate Medical University. Welcome. Thanks so much for coming in, Travis. Thank you for having me. So what do you think is the reason for this rise in obesity and also in the both the type 1 and type 2 diabetes, just from your own perspective? Right. So I think, um, I think as with any problem that affects a large number of people, there are a lot of causes. And I think certainly sedentary behavior and the increase in sedentary behavior um, contributes to it. I think also the the availability of unhealthy foods, um, the uh, you know, and um, you know, advertising. There's there's just a lot of um, a lot of factors. Factors, but yeah. sedentary lifestyle obviously must play some role. I mean, yes. you look at Obama. I mean, Michelle Obama's you know kind mm-hmm. of idea of get moving, get the kids out there and move. Let's move. Yeah. So. Obviously, what I wanted to talk to you today about was the whole idea of what kids need in terms of their exercise, yeah. what's reasonable, what's ex, you know, what's expected, and what's healthy. Mm-hmm. But I thought I'd start by just asking you, what's what's how much ex- exercise or daily activity is recommended today for adults? Let's okay. start with that. For adults, so so the federal government puts out in the same way that they put out nutrition guidelines, which I think a lot of people are aware of. They also put out physical activity guidelines, which I think get less press perhaps, but. Um, they recommend that adults have a 150 minutes per week of moderate activity or 75 minutes of intense activity um, or vigorous activity. Um, and so you can kind of pick and choose if you do some so, of one and some of the so other. So how does that translate on a daily basis? You're looking at about an hour a day, something like so that? So for adults, it's it's less than that even. I mean, 150 minutes per week is right. a half an hour for five days a week. So, um, and uh, and I think that's partly, and we can talk, we'll talk about children in a minute, and the recommendations for children are even higher than that um, because they don't, uh, they don't have work. They don't have a lot of other uh, factors at play. And I think part of these recommendations' goal is to try to make it reasonable for people to do. Okay, so let's get to kids. Mm-hmm. What do kids need, and how is it determined in terms of age-related yeah, so, uh, expectations? Um, so the guidelines for kids, they, they technically only apply to kids six and over. I, I think that's just a, a technicality almost, um, and I think you can kind of uh, stretch the, the, the recommendations to, to younger kids too. But they recommend 60 minutes per day of physical activity, um, and it should be moderate or vis- vigorous mostly, um, and, and at least three days a week of vigorous, um, and it should have uh, multiple components. So there's... Yeah, so that's what I want to talk about what the components are, but that does seem like a lot, and, mm-hmm. and I think we'll talk a little bit about what are the components and examples of what kinds of activities are, you know, are judged to be acceptable along right. those lines. So if you start with, the first thing I guess is important is aerobic activities. Explain mm-hmm. what that means first. Yeah, so aerobic activity means that you're getting, uh, your child is getting their heart heart going, they're, they're, you know, getting a little bit out of breath perhaps, um, and then uh, there's a difference, they say moderate versus vigorous. I'd say if, if they're really, you know, breathing heavy and, and out of breath, then that's going to be a vigorous activity. Um, there's no, you don't need to measure their heart rate necessarily or anything technical like that. I think you can usually tell if they're really out of breath, that's probably vigorous activity. If they're, you know, walking quickly around the block or riding their bike, you know, 
leisurely manner, that's probably moderate activity. And then the other, there are three components we started to talk about. One is aerobic activity we mm -hmm. just mentioned. The other is mu muscle strengthening activities, and the last being bone strengthening activities. So mm -hmm. let's go to muscle strengthening. What constitutes mu muscle strengthening activities in children? Yeah, so in, in children, most children aren't going to be doing weightlifting or resistance training the way that we think of muscle strengthening. Um, but that's okay. Uh, all we want is for children to put more of a load on their muscles than they normally would in everyday life. So children do this by playing on the playground or climbing ropes or trees or um, uh, carefully, of course, but, um, um, you know, pulling on things or, you know, uh, climbing things. Tug of speaking. war Tug kind of, of war activities. is an activity, exactly, yeah. that kind of thing. How about bone strengthening? And bone strengthening is really all about uh, sort of impact with the ground. So, so uh, uh, running, jumping, playing basketball, um, jump rope. Um, hopscotch, those kinds of things where, where they're going to jump and land on the ground. And that, that helps the bones model and shape to prepare for that kind of in impact. And that prepares the bones for you know, for being stronger so that they don't break in, in similar impact. Yeah, but the, I think isn't it really important to know that a certain amount of bone strengthening really must take place? There's a crucial time frame. Yeah. And in a way, childhood and adolescence is that crucial time period to build strong bones so you don't end up with problems later in life. Is yes, right? absolutely. Um, what, what they found is that most of us reach our sort of peak bone density, our strongest bones uh, when we're in our teens and 20s. Um, so when we talk about elderly people falling and breaking a hip, um, that's something that started when they were teenagers. And so that's why it's really crucial to get your children out playing for, for their later life and being um, healthy in later life. So how do we know, you mentioned a minute ago a little bit about how you know whether something is moderate or vigorous intensity. It seems a little bit kind of hard to probably judge. Mm -hmm. But the, the idea here is you want to see that they're short of breath, that they're breathing heavily. Mm -hmm. And 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 is that considered vigorous? I mean, help us understand those yeah, two I concepts. Think, I think if, if they're really... Breathing heavily afterwards, and that would I would say would be vigorous. You know, you might see moderate might be more they're they're walking, probably able to talk or carry on a conversation or, or biking and talking with their friends. Um, um, maybe going on the up and down the slide would be probably more moderate. And vigorous would be playing tag or older kids playing soccer or playing football or basketball or the sports activities that they tend to play. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen along with pediatrician and preventive health expert Dr. Travis Hobart. And we're talking about how much exercise children need and also what its impact will be on their overall health. So um, basically, when we say age-appropriate activities... I mean, we've alluded to the fact that you don't have a six-year-old lifting weights, barbells. Right. But, I mean, what would you, you know, how do you comment on that in terms of parents thinking about what's age-appropriate for right. kids? So, so generally speaking, if we're talking about, let's t start by talking about younger kids, under six, I think. Yeah. Um, they, they generally aren't going to be doing the structured play, um, the, you know, playing in a soccer game or a football game that older kids are going to do. And, and that's fine. And that's part of uh, developmentally normal uh, uh, activity. They're playing with their friends. They're sort of learning social norms um, and they're getting activity out of it, playing on a playground. Um, and then as they get older, they have more capacity to to do the structured games um, that that we know, you know, soccer, whatever. Um, and apply basketball. themselves, you know, follow rules, learn skill sets, and all the things that require a little more cognition. Absolutely. To be able to follow rules, follow directions, all mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and generally speaking, most of the activities that are out there are, are 
prepared for kids of the appropriate ages that they, and that's why they have age limits on which team your kid goes on because every kid's at a different developmental stage. Um, and in terms of weightlifting, I think that's something that I get a lot of questions about is when is it okay to do weightlifting? Um, I think it's, I think generally the AAP policy, American Academy of Pediatrics policy is that it's, it's okay even in, even in 12 or 13 year olds and above, um, as long as there's supervision. Um, and, and none of these children should be doing maximum strength lifts. You know, the recommendation is to do low amount of weight on a, a rep repetitive basis so that they build up the muscle. And the reason for that is so that they don't either strain their muscle or in, mm -hmm. can in some way, can that type of weightlifting retard bone growth or um, harm anything? So I think there's a, there's been a, a thought that it might uh, slow, slow growth in the, in the long run. I think in general, the, the data is, is that that doesn't happen. Um, but, but still, I think the main thing is injury and avoiding injury. Um, and, and, and now I, I just recently saw a study that said that this low, low weight repetitive exercise is actually as good at building muscle as uh, lifting a maximum, maximum weight. Um, so there's really no need to lift the maximum weight. Do you think all of the things should be structured? I mean, when you get to a certain age, or do you think, I mean, is there a need to have there be, even in the older population, more of an, uh, some balance between structured, you know, right team kind of work and then, I mean, exercise and then just kind of fun play kind of thing. Right. I think, I think what the data is showing, and this has been changing recently, is that uh, we're, we're very focused on structured play, but the kids do need some unstructured play. Um, in particular, like I mentioned, young kids, that's part of their developmental process is learning how to play with other kids, learning what rules mean, making their own rules even, not necessarily rules imposed to, on them by adults. Um, and that's really important to them. But even the older kids, I think it's important to get some unstructured play as well. And and actually, even adults, it's important for us to get unstructured play. Yeah, called um, fun. Yeah, it's called fun. <laughs> and, and we tend to forget it in this uh, society. It's not where always goal-oriented. Go, 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 go. um, and I'm as guilty of that as the next person. But um, but it is it is important to have fun, and it's important for our mental health in, in particular. So. What does New York State currently require in terms of school-age kids in terms of exercise? Yeah, so, so the state, um, and that's something that parents should remember, is that this goal of 60 minutes a day. Day, you're not responsible for all of that. The school's going to help you out. Um, in elementary schools, they, they need 120 per minutes per week of physical education. Um, so that's about 24 minutes a day. Um, and then um, that has to be every day in the really young grades, K through three, and then grades um, four through six, it's at least three times per week. Um, and then the older grades, seven through 12, are required to do 90 minutes per week, and that has to be either two or three days a week. Um, so, so they get a fair amount of it during school. And that's phys not counting phys ed, yeah, and that's not counting recess, which that's unfortunately is, yeah, so on the, on the plus side, that's more play and that's more unstructured play. I think, unfortunately, some of the schools have done away with recess in, in recent years, which is, um, Unfortunate because of all said. the maybe learning initiatives and all the pressure for them to perform the standards. That exactly. Are, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of pressure to there's do a, well in the classes. There's yeah. so much to do and so little time, unfortunately. Yeah. So how do we get our kids to be active? I guess that's the point. What do you tell parents? Mm -hmm. So, so I think I think the key thing, and I and I think in our uh, our time, it, it it really ties into screen time. Unfortunately, a lot of times that's what kids are doing if they're not being active. Um, and, and so when I say screen time, I mean anything that has an electronic screen, a television, a computer, a tablet, a phone, um, a video game system, that all unfortunately sort of eats away at the physical activity time. So I think um, 
parents should really try to put limits on that. Um, and the American Academy of Pediatrics has actually put put out new guidelines for that, change the guidelines somewhat and loosen them in some ways and also reinforce some of the things. What um, are they, quickly? So the in, in young children, they say it's okay for kids under two to have some screen time now, which they used to say was not okay. Mostly they say it should be uh, Skype or FaceTime talking to family members. Um, and I certainly do that with my just turned two-year-old um, and have been for a while. And um, and then to the preschool kids, they recommend uh, less than two hours a day. No, sorry, one hour, one hour a day of educational programs. And they really mean like something like Sesame Street. Um, uh, PBS programs generally meet the bar. Um, and then older kids, they say it really should be a family decision in, in terms of how much they use. And, and a lot of that comes into what's needed for school and school work, um, but also, you know, what, what everyone's comfortable with. I mean, it seems to me it's really important to try to limit the tendency to be sedentary. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I think of it as a losing battle, Yeah. especially as younger and younger generations of kids are getting smartphones handed to them and mm-hmm. tablets handed to them. It used to be you had a desktop compu- computer and you could say, I'm not putting that in your room. It's going to be in a common space. So A, we see what you're doing. B, we can limit how much time. But today with all these mobile tablets, you know, mobile devices, yeah. it's much harder to control. Yeah. And I really stress to people, I think it is really important to get them out of our room, even though they're mobile now. I think at nighttime in particular, I think the TV screen, the tablet, the phone, they should all be in a common area. The kids leave them, they go into their bedroom and go to sleep. Um, um, and, and leave them out of there. And then I think other limits uh, in terms of the parents saying, you know, okay, you've had your time, now let's go outside and, and, and play. Um, yeah, and it's a lot harder, it seems to me, in some ways in a climate like ours where, especially once winter comes, it gets mm-hmm. dark early, there isn't as much, it's cold, it's yeah. damp, what have you. So obviously the goal is to keep kids active, playing, exp- experiencing things that keep them vigorous, yeah. and the long-term effects quickly in terms of Yeah, the long-term effects, I think all of these things tie into having a healthy lifestyle and building that from childhood and these habits studies have found these habits last throughout um our lives and into adulthood and that builds keeps people from getting overweight having high blood pressure getting that type 2 diabetes that you mentioned um by building these habits in from an early age so really there's a lot to be said for keeping your kids active moving Mm -hmm. and enjoying it and making it a family activity, setting a good example by doing it yourself. Yeah, and that's one thing we didn't talk about in terms of setting an example. I think it's really important for parents to say, okay, it's a family activity time. Terrific. Thanks so much. You always have such great advice. My guest has been Dr. Travis Hobart, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Public Health and Preventive Medicine at Upstate Medical University. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.